good morning, everyone. Let's stand together. Yeah, let's stand. And let's find someone beside you or maybe someone you don't know and welcome them to church this morning.
journey I get lost in my mistakes What looks to me like weakness Is a canvas for your strength And my story isn't over My story's just begun Failure won't define me Cause that's what my father does Failure won't define me Cause that's what my father does My good friends gathered here in this room and also with us online, welcome to First Presbyterian Church on this outstanding morning. 
We're in business around here, and our business is to create real relationships, real authentic relationships with God and with each other, and from that comes the transformation of life, which we're going to hear about in yet another way this morning. We're in week three of four Sundays about a vibrant, vital, important mission that's going on that we're a part of, and you're going to hear about one more this morning. It's called Created. We talk about it all the time, and Kathy's going to lead us in this fantastic experience in just a few minutes. But for now, think about being real in relationship with each other and with God so that you can be transformed. Do it for the next few minutes, but jump in on that mission the rest of the week. There's 167 more hours where we can be a part of this. If you are online or if you're here and we don't know you, we'd love to know you. If you'd like to, us to know you, we call it a Connect card. We have a way of doing it where you can scan it from the, the, the code here on the screen. We have Connect cards that are physical out here, we, and we have Connect cards in the back and out on the front lawn. And so that's who we are, and that's how you can get connected to us. If you connect with us, then we'll reach out to you and find a way to help you feel more at home. Here's what we're going to do now, though. So we, we've had a death in the family, and so if you're new to us, when, when this happens, we stop and we have a family meeting. So we're, we're going to have a little family meeting right now. So um, our brother, Jamie Atkinson, he lost his battle, not with life, but with my, multiple myeloma. He died last Tuesday afternoon. So we knew, you knew that Jamie had been fighting mightily. Multiple myeloma is a bone blood disease, a marrow blood disease, I mean a white blood cell problem, and it's, he was in remission a little bit over the course of the five and a half years. So on Jamie goes to be with his Lord, his Savior, that's where he is now. Julie has given me permission to do what I'm doing now. Julie, his wife, and his children, his three children know that I'm standing here talking about him, and we have a picture of him. I want to tell you about what, hap what somebody did for him picture of Jamie on if you look carefully Jamie's standing on a bridge he's he was a good golfer and this was in April shortly after the Masters tournament at Augusta National in Augusta Georgia and a very important and prominent person was able to get Jamie and two other local buddies up to Augusta they flew up on a jet they played golf they had lunch there if you're a golfer you're already just wondering is this unbelievable but Jamie felt good enough to play this is the called the Hogan Bridge and it's taking you from the tee box area of the famous 12th hole it's a par 3 across the creek that guards the green and onto the and onto the green and Jamie is doing this with his hat I don't know if he meant to do it intentionally but golfers when they cross famous bridges and they know it's going to be the last time they often tip their hat. If you go to see what Tiger Woods did and what Jack Nicklaus did on the bridge on number 18 at the old course in Scotland, they took their hats off or put their foot up on the edge. So Jamie, there he is. So he fought bravely and he never whined. He never said, why me? And here's what's really important. He sat down on top of the resurrection and it's how he talked with his children and how he talked with his wife and he put all his cards on the table betting that Jesus was real so I didn't know what I was going to say I knew I wanted to stand up here and say it we're a family and we usually pray about a lot of people and I hope you'll understand that I'm going to let you remember the people we normally pray for but right now as a family I want you to it, it metaphorically put your arms around Julie and Dean, and Lily, and Mason, and all three of them have significant others. 
and put your arms around them, around Jamie's mom and dad, around siblings. And we're going to pray for this family right now. He was 60 years, 60 years old, would have been 61 next month. And uh, one last thing, the memorial service, the celebration of life for Jamie is scheduled to be this Thursday at 1 o'clock. And our good friends at Palmacy of Presbyterian Church are lending us their facility again. And as you know, we may or may not be able to have anything on Thursday because of Ian. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I think the best way of you checking, call our office if you're wondering, or and, and we'll let you know, or we'll put it on the website or something. But obviously, we're all wondering what's going to happen this week. But I know what's going to happen right now. We're going to be grateful to God for Jamie's life. We're going to put our lives on the hope of the resurrection, and I'm going to pray for the family right now. Gracious God, he is our brother, and our hearts are broken. Man, did he, did he face you, and he faced the end of this life, trusting in you. And he's a regular guy, a good guy, a loving guy, but a regular person, a person like everyone in this room who needs to be made over again, a brand new person, made into a new creation, and all of that's possible because of the resurrection. And he talked about you and he talked about his faith as much as he told jokes. And gracious God, we, we love Jamie. We love Julie. We love Dean. We love Lily. We love Mason. We ask you, they have such a good network of friends, friends who also trust in you. So we pray your comfort. We thank you, gracious God, even as we feel this deep sadness and loss in emotion, we also can celebrate that you are good and this man lived trusting you. We're going to continue, gracious God, to worship you now and celebrate. We're going to do both. We're going to grieve and we're going to be glad of heart all at the same time. Only possible if Jesus is risen and he is indeed. It's in his name that we continue this worship. Amen. Let's stand together.
Good morning. When we give back to God, something starts happening in us. When God's generosity gets a hold of us, it actually transforms us. It transforms us as individuals. It transforms us as a church. And the Apostle Paul tries to help us understand that when he says this. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Leave that there so that it can soak in for us. What we want to understand is that every time we give back to God, every time we're generous with him, something starts changing in us. Our hearts, our minds, everything starts looking more like Jesus. Truly, our attitude starts mirroring the attitude of Jesus. And so whether you use the generosity box in the back of the room or one of these six platforms to give, in the mystery of God, you are not only sharing the love of Jesus with other people, but in the mystery of God, you're becoming more like Jesus himself, and I thank you for it. This morning, we have the unbelievable privilege of doing something very important and special. 
And for those parents that are online and those in the room that might have a child with you, I want you to know that we're going to be discussing something sensitive about exploitation and about trafficking. So this might be a good moment for your children at home to do another activity. And of course, I don't see any children in the room now, but if one snuck in that I'm not aware of, it might be a great moment for them to go and spend the morning with Rachel Godin and her great team with Children's Ministry. I have the privilege of bringing forward one of our ministry partners, and we're going to see this video to help us get ready for it. So as Fitz said earlier, we get to get an immersion this morning in the ministry and mission of Created. Created is a ministry that reaches and serves women who have been exploited and trafficked in the sex industry. And so in our church, for many years, Liz Anderson and a team of men and women have prayed over this ministry. Another team has mentored women individually. And others have been going out to brothels, which are disguised as massage parlors, and strip clubs. And I joined them a few years ago. I now have the privilege of serving as the board chair to this mission that started 15 years ago in response to these terrifying statistics about Tampa Bay. We are third in the nation for strip clubs per capita. Third in the nation for illicit massage parlors since 2019. And third in the nation for the number of women brought into a city from outside of the U.S. Third in the nation? That represents women who are treasured and cherished by God, but instead feel forgotten and discarded. And we've met those women through the mission of Created on the streets near Nebraska Avenue and throughout uh, the Tampa Bay area. We've met them in brothels or massage parlors, of which I can't even count how many there are on Kennedy Boulevard. Every time I count, a new one pops up. And in strip clubs near Raymond James Stadium and near Ybor City. This morning, I want you to hear from Stephanie Furia. Stephanie is a survivor leader. She is a brave and courageous woman who survived being exploited in the sex industry and now is now serving on the staff of Created as a program advocate. So, Stephanie, I want to invite you to come forward. And as she does, I'm going to also introduce Paula LaRue, his, who is our new interim director for the mission of Created. And Paula is a tenacious and beautiful woman who will do whatever it takes to make sure that women who are vulnerable are being restored to their dignity in Jesus Christ. Y'all, come on up. I'm going to have you sit right there, Stephanie.
Paula. Also with us is April Arnold, who's about to have knee surgery, so she can't stand. <laughs> April was the recipient of the Lightning Foundation's Hero Award just a few months ago. You are a hero. Yeah. And April is also a survivor leader and on staff at Created. So I want to begin. We're going to do just a few questions to just help Stephanie and guide her thinking. And I know you're just ready, but just know that this is family. And these are folks who are just already so grateful that you are both here. Thank you both so much. I wondered if you would begin by sharing what your childhood was like. Childhood, actually, my mom was a nurse, and my father is a um, electronics engineer. Um, I had a sister. I have a sister. I have a brother. Played softball. Um, you know, did the family picnic things, beaches on the weekends, church on Sundays, and uh, it kind of changed um, when I was eight years old. Yeah. Sorry. It's all right. Um, from eight to about 10, I was uh, sexually molested by a friend's father. <laughs> and um, that changed the whole rest of my life. I kept it a very dark secret um, for many years because I felt uh, it was my fault. I did something wrong, wasn't exactly sure what was going on. So I was very confused about the situation. And um, you know, my life just went on that path for years. I became uh, addicted to drugs, um, hanging around with the wrong crowd. Um, and so that just planned out the way my life went for a very long time, that whole situation. Stephanie, thank you for sharing that. And I wonder um, if you would also be willing to share where was your life? Where were you at your lowest moment? Um, well, my first, I think, lowest moment where I really um, prayed to God um, was I was pregnant at 15, and um, my mother made me have an abortion, and I remember sitting in my bathtub the night before we were supposed to go for the procedure and um, just rubbing my stomach um, talking to God, talking to the baby, and just asking for forgiveness. Um, and then years later, I can remember um, being on a hotel floor, getting down on my knees, and just crying out to the Lord and just saying, please, Father, I don't know how to get myself out of this life, and I don't want to be like this anymore, and I just need your love, and I need your guidance, and I need you. Um, and then... Uh, being in jail was a big one. You know, I, I became closer to the Lord in jail and uh, met a, a wonderful woman in there who ministered to me. And you would never think in a place like that that uh, so many people love the Lord, but they do. You shared also about being held captive in, a, in for, a brothel. For two years, I was held captive in a brothel in West Palm Beach. Um, and I was not allowed to leave um, until he trusted me enough to where he would start leaving me there and I, I left um, but um, he made me feel like I had nobody so um, my family had not wanted nothing to do with me my friends I just left them in the wind um, 
and he just groomed me and kept me there and would buy me things and just make me feel like um, he was all that I had. So I stayed stuck in that for about two years. Yeah. I know um, you ended up encountering the ministry of Created. I did. I was um, in, a, in a drug rehab, and Created used to come in and do classes called Created for More, um, and that was where I first self-identified that I had been trafficked um, and was sexually exploited. And um, I met one of the women there that came in to teach the class, and she began to pray with me and heard my story and didn't judge me and um, just loved me. So I said, that's, that's where I need to be. I want to be at Created. Yeah. And what happened when you came to Created and you met the staff and the other women there? Um, it was the greatest feeling I had ever experienced because I felt so much love. Um, and I hadn't felt that in a very long time. I was in the darkness for so long that I felt useless, worthless. Um, and they showed me my worth, and they showed me the love of Christ, and just taught me about a father that just loved me as I am, um, and I don't have to try and be something that I'm not. Yeah. yeah. And I know um, you talked about your daughter and her prayer for you when you yes. were in jail. Yes. So um, when I was in jail, I called my daughter, and um, it was the first time I had spoken to her in a couple years, and um, she said, Mom, I know that you don't want to be in jail, but um, I can sleep sound every night because I've been praying that you were safe and you were alive, and I can sleep at night now just knowing that, that you are okay. Yeah, yeah. And I know that the Lord used his word from Scripture to just speak into your soul, into your heart, and I wondered if you'd be willing to share that. It'll come up on the wall if okay. you would like to. Mm -hmm. um, so my scripture, I feel, that um, has helped carry me through um, my healing, especially in the beginning, um, is 2 Corinthians um, 5.17. So anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Um, and that really paved the way for me to move on in my life and realize that I am a new person. I'm no longer the person I was for so long. I'm no longer stuck in that darkness, and um, I'm in his light now, and I can move forward. Yeah. What do you think most people think about trafficking, where people come from, oh, versus uh, your journey? Well, uh, a lot of people feel that we're, you know, kidnapped and taken out in vans, and um, that is not the case. They, we call it um, grooming. So they provide gifts for you. They shower you with love, um, you know, false love, of course, um, and just lead you to the point where you have nobody else. You're totally dependent on them. You totally rely on them for all of your basic, you know, just basic needs. And um, so it's not like it's in, in the movies, you know, where we're swept away. Um, it's a process, and they know what they're doing. Um, they know that they're preparing you to work, you know, work for them. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, it's unnoticeable to yourself in the beginning because you don't realize that that's what's going on because they're very good at what they do, unfortunately. Yeah. 
But for you, that first injury happened between age 8 and 10. The first initial, yes. And it mm -hmm. set you up then for this lifetime of shame and guilt. And guilt. And, yeah, depression, yeah. and um, it was horrible. And it wasn't until a couple years ago when I, when I first started to come to Creative that I could face my shame and my guilt and my trauma and um, get the healing that I really needed. But if I wasn't introduced to Created or the Lord, I would probably still be in that, in that darkness today. Yeah. I know the age, the average age of um, girls coming into this industry and being trafficked is age 13. Mm -hmm. Can you yeah. share the lifespan once someone is trafficked, typically the lifespan of that, wom of that woman? Well, for me, it lasted from um, my late, you know, well, when I was eight, but then again when I was a teenager, and I'm 41 now, and I just got out of the life four years ago. Yeah. We also know that women um, typically only live seven years. So it, it's, it's not like you grow old in this business. You die. And so you shared with me that through the ministry of created, Jesus saved you. Absolutely, Jesus saved me. Um, I should have been dead many times. Um, there are many other things that had happened to me throughout those years where I look back and I'm just like, oh, that was, that was definitely God. I couldn't have gotten out of that on my own. Um, and he's the only way that I've made it to where I am today. Yeah. What are you most proud of now? Um, I am most proud of helping the other women that created. Um, I get to share my story with them and let them know that they are in a safe place and I too know um, where they are coming from and they just, the relief in their, in their eyes and just their body language just tells a whole story just in the beginning when you first meet them um, and they feel the love coming from you and um, I can love them through the darkest times and they see hope, and I can show them a love that um, they never felt before. And I get to, I get to do that. You know, yes. God has allowed me to do that. So, yeah. you talk often about how much you love going to work every morning. I do. I love it. I just love created. I love the women that are there. Mm -hmm. um, I genuinely love all the women that we serve. So, oh. mm -hmm. I know you do. And they talk about how loved they feel by you, and because of that. They're experiencing the love of Jesus. And could you describe to them what you do as a program advocate? Um, I, I take them out. I take them to meetings. I take them to church every Sunday. We get to worship together. Um, I just sit and I talk to them. I think talking is big for these women because they felt they haven't felt seen or heard for so long. So being able to see them and hear them and just love on them um, makes the biggest difference. I get to go and teach a Creative for More class there. Um, so they're able to come with us and do that. Can and, you explain um, what a Created for More class is? So Created for More is a, uh, it, the, basically the way I, I see and I tell it to them, it helps them self-identify with their exploitation um, and it shows them a love in Christ and their worth. Um, we just, our last class was on self-worth and the response that I got um, was just amazing, you know, when you ask these women questions and ask them to just really close their eyes and pray for a second and then express how they see themselves. Some of it's very sad, and then some of it, you know, for the women who've been there for a little while, get to see their worth, and you see that come to light, and it's just such a beautiful thing. We see it in you. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> you do. You do. Um, I know that you also have Bible studies mm -hmm. and classes. Can you talk about some of the things that you're doing to serve um, women? So they have a Bible study, they do. And then we have Celebrate Recovery, which is a great class because it goes along with the Bible and the 12 steps of addiction. Um, and alcoholism and any and it goes to any addiction um, overeating um, anything that they they feel addicted to and lost power over in their mm -hmm. life that's what celebrate recovery is for them yeah and also why is self-identifying so hard you know I think for me it was so hard to see in the beginning because of just the guilt and the shame and you don't want to you know, you get the stigma, like we were talking about earlier, about how people are, you know, just swept away in vans. And so you don't really self-identify like, well, technically that is what was happening to me. I just wasn't forcefully, you know, I was groomed into that process. So um, I think self-identifying is really hard, especially for addicts, because they feel um, like they're not worthy of anything anyway, so they can't really put an identification to anything. They yeah. can't identify themselves even as being a person half the time. And I know you were pursuing interior design, you were an athlete, you had all these dreams. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're dreaming again? I do. I feel like God has um, set me on a path that I never intended was even um, possible for me. I thought I was going to die out there and there was a time in my life where I became content with that and I just was waiting for the day um, until created came in and, sh and showed me the love of God and everything um, and that's when I started to see my purpose again and my purpose is to be right where I'm at today and who knows what he has planned for your future yeah thank you I want to come back to you in a minute okay. if that's all right I'm going to give let you breathe for a second yeah, thank you. <laughs> But I wonder if we could pull up some statistics about Created and the ministry of Created. Uh, you can see here uh, 529 women in the month of August with Created Emergency and Permanent Housing Programs. So we've served that many women to date this year. We've served this year 311 women reached to date in September through night outreach visits to women in strip clubs, massage parlors, which are brothels street outreach, and the drop-in center at the campus of Created. We've served 65 women to date in September that called the Created Helpline. We served 18 women currently participated in Created Academy, which is a trauma-informed, therapeutic, educational platform. And I will tell you uh, that there was one woman who came in that you've been loving on, Stephanie, and you too, Paula, who, um, through because it's trauma-informed, it means that when they're on these computers, uh, they are being spoken to with understanding of the specific trauma they've been through with sexual exploitation. It's, it's a unique and specific uh, uh, trauma understanding. They can't just go anywhere. We can't just partner with anybody for them to get educational advancement. We tried it, but they were not trauma-informed. They were nice. They were great but they were not trauma-informed to sexual exploitation. So our staff are, and one woman sat there, she had not even uh, finished middle school, and she was on a computer, and very gently people were guiding her through, and because of this created academy, she sat there one day and she said, 
I didn't know that I was smart. And I'm just now learning that. Um, created, served nine women living in the sanctuary, about to have two more, which is our two-year program for rehabilitation and healing. And it is a secret house located near the campus of Created to keep them safe. So, Paula, I would love for you to share um, some things that are important to you that you would want them to know about the ministry of Created. Oh, I love Created. I came to Created um, doing street outreach three years ago. And when, maybe it was longer, I can't remember. It seemed like COVID lasted forever. It's still lasting, isn't it? Uh, and then I was traveling around as a therapeutic recovery coach, and that shut me down. And so I picked up Created Outreach, and which led me to the COVID shelter. Uh, we were taking women off the streets and putting them into housing. Uh, and I ran that program, and um, so God led me to create it. And I said, when COVID is over, I'll just go back to my job. And I tell everybody this, God said, no, you, you're here now. And um, so uh, I trust the Lord, and so I stayed at Created. And uh, during my time, I helped create Created Academy, um, which is the trauma-informed uh, program for women and I just love created I love to see the women come in I love to let them see how we are the kinds of Christians that we are the love that we give them back uh, and to let them know that um, you too are are like us you're you you are us um, uh, I love to go out and let them know that they're not forgotten and that Jesus loves them and uh, I, ha I have just had so much joy. It's a hard job, uh, but it's, uh, it's a joyful job. I love Created. I love the women of Created. I love the mission. I love our donors. Um, I love our partners. It's been great. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. And you've stepped in just recently, really within the last month, um, as our previous director, who's amazing, Jillian, Jillian, took another opportunity out west in the United States. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so you've courageously stepped into the gap, um, already working so hard. Um, but I also, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you to share, Stephanie, is what would you tell people sitting here who are carrying around a lot of shame and guilt? Because you don't know their stories. You've shared yours this morning, but they each have their own. We each have our own. What would you say to us? I would say that when it feels like you're in your darkest moments, God is working. Um, he is always working. And to just keep faith. And, um, you know, I know those feelings of shame and guilt and darkness can last quite some time um, sometimes. But um, God has perfect timing for everything. So um, when, his, when he's ready to really shine in your life, you're going to feel that. And the wait is just so worth it. And, you know, you begin your healing journey. And... Um, to just so really just have faith and wait on the Lord because he's he's working where you can't see him. Yeah, absolutely. Would you be willing to describe to them what Created Sanctuary is, the secret house that we have, and what this two-year program involves? Because, Stephanie, you were part of that program. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to talk about the sanctuary. Um, the sanctuary is a community... Uh, where women get together and um, live together and praise Jesus together, but also 
get very in-depth trauma therapy there. As we know, therapy can sometimes be very expensive, but um, it's very important that these women uh, have contact with uh, partners or staff that are able to help them through trauma. So they get very in-depth trauma care there. It's specific to them. Um, and also um, they get very individualized case management, not cookie cutter case management because that really doesn't work for everybody. Uh, so it's very individualized. Um, they also go on retreats. Uh, they do spiritual retreats. Um, they learn about Jesus. A lot of times the women come in, super important point. Uh, a lot of things have happened in their lives and they're very angry and they're angry at the world, and they're angry at their parents, and they're angry at God. So um, we reintroduce them and let them see that they are loved, and, they, and God has truly been with them. And um, you know, it's very important, this two-year program, because it takes a really long time uh, to unravel what has been done. And uh, so uh, the two-year program gives them sanctuary, which is why it's called that. It gives them um, trauma therapy, it gives them community, it helps them get in, uh, get reintroduced to God and to know the word of Jesus, and um, it also gives them a sisterhood that they take with them, a family. We have a Sisters for Life program. Uh, when you leave, you, or you, you, be, you stay in our program. You never leave. Um, it's like the Hotel California. <laughs> Um, it's a sisterhood forever. Uh, so you always have a family, no matter what's going on, and you can always come back to your family. Uh, so that we have a Sisters for Life program, and we mean that uh, when you come into Created. I want to say something about April, who's allowing me to. She was the very first resident at Created. Uh, she just got her 15 years clean. Uh, she just met the point. She was 14 years on the street. She's allowing me to say this. Uh, she got. She was 14 years on the street. She's 15 years, so she's over the hump. She's a year cleaner than she was on the street. So, um, uh, and 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 April was with created just like Stephanie uh, to keep that path lit for other women uh, and continue to go out to the darkness and bring these women into the light of God. And um, so um, Stephanie is on that path. Um, I'm walking with them, and April has been on that path. So April is, uh, has been at Created and has done outreach this whole time, and um, Created works. Uh, proof, proof. Uh, uh, we'd like to expand Created, of course. We, we talk about that a lot. Um, so it's really important to recognize uh, April and Stephanie and show that uh, it works and um, um, God is working there at Created and mm. through us all. And so it's super important. Yeah. Oh, I don't need oh, that. Don't need yeah. <laughs> we can just going to pass it around. Just hold on. I'm, su I'm surprised I'm even letting anybody touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, we have this passage that we've been talking about from 2 Corinthians. As Paul says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Some versions say new creation. New creation. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. Did you know in the Greek where it says uh, the old life is done, some translations say, behold, edu. It means it's not 
the old life is gone and the new life has begun. It's look, look, the old life is gone. It's done. A new life has begun. And I love that. I love that because of the power of that and the joy of that. And Stephanie has shown us that this morning that when we become new, we don't become a better, nicer, fixed up version of ourselves. We become luck. The old is gone. You're made new. You're a new creation. And Paul is trying to show us the implications of the resurrection. That when someone is in Christ or belongs to Jesus, belongs to Christ, you've chosen to follow Jesus. And then what happens next is in that real relationship with Jesus, real transformation takes place. It's real. And as a result, it was these people in this little village of Corinth that needed to hear that. And it's the women that we serve in the ministry of created that need to hear that. And this phenomenally beautiful, awesome woman, Stephanie and April, they know that. And you and I need to soak in all of that. But it's so hard, isn't it, to let it go, to genuinely let the past go. And that's why it's so important that you and I listen carefully to what Paul is saying to us. Look, when you belong to Jesus, the old is gone. You are made new. And that's where the name created came from, of course, from this verse. And you heard them say, created for more. We want every woman in the world, but we want every woman in this city that is being trafficked and exploited in the sex industry to know that this is true, that they have a chance to be made completely new. Right now, as we worship in this space, there are women who are being held captive in brothels. I'll just talk about Kennedy Boulevard, up and down, Kennedy Boulevard. They're all over this city, countless numbers. We lost count when trying to count a few years ago. There are women in strip clubs who have stage names because they're scared and they're hiding. There are women on the streets, all of these women, by the way, that we know by name. There are women on these streets who are being um, told by their pimps that they will be killed if they step one inch beyond the sacred boundary he has set up for them of, by street names and if they don't report back every hour with their earnings. So what are we going to do as a church? We're going to pray for them by name. And you have a card that was in your seat when you got here this morning. If you will pick up that card and hold it in your hand. Because what we're going to do is we're going to pray for these women by name. The women at Created made these cards for you and me so that you could take them home and keep praying for them by name. If you would, would you do that every day? Because someday they're going to know that they've been chosen with dignity and beauty because somebody was praying for Stephanie. Somebody was praying for April. So you get to pray for someone. But this morning what we're going to do is pray for them out loud. If you're comfortable, would you say out loud... 
the name of the woman whose card you hold. And if you would rather remain silent, would you pray their name in silent prayer? So we're going to take a moment to pray for these women. And then we're going to pray for Stephanie and Paula and April as well. Father, each name is precious in your sight. Each one is your beloved child. And we just thank you for the victory that was won, for the look she's new that we see in April and we see in Stephanie. We ask, oh God, that you would anoint and continue to bless the ministries of April and Stephanie and Paula and their whole team and all the volunteers who are going into every brothel, every strip club, every street corner. Oh God, we pray for the men. We pray for the men who are exploiting these women, whether they're pimps or they're fueling the industry. Let us as the church stop fueling the industry. Let our voices be heard in our friend groups to stop fueling the industry. Lord, we thank you that your light shines in the darkness, that you make everything new, that we were all created for more. And I pray for anyone in this room right now who's carrying around any shame or guilt from anything, Lord, that that's over with. And you're saying, look, I've made you new. Just stay close to me. Belong to me. You are mine. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I ask that you would take these home. I ask also that you might support Created Cuisine. That word that you've been hearing float around with trunk or treat, you have the opportunity to help women who are now going to be able to work in the culinary arts with this catering company that Created has started called Created Cuisine. These women pictured here we're in the sex industry. They've been set free by Jesus, and they are working in the dignity and beauty of Christ. They want to be the best catering company in town. They do not want you to call them to cater because you feel sorry for them. They want you to know they're the best. 
And so for trunk or treat, for your office, for a gathering in your home, this is a way that you can step into this mission with Created. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Friends, let's stand one more time.